Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Lay Film Podcast, in which my co-host uh, Patrick and I, uh, Richard, your other co-host, we are going to be recapping uh, a television series called The OA. And we actually just finished um, part two, chapter two's Treasure Island. And yeah, we are uh, essentially going to recap and give our review and um, yeah, talk about this episode and all its uh, glory because uh, there's so much more that has been revealed. Um, pretty much as uh, man, I think the the pacing of this season is so different. I know Patrick, you don't know yet, but um, just comparing, just going back to season one and then seeing how um, this season started off. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a change of pace. In terms of uh, moving parts, for sure. Um, Yeah. I felt split up, I think, maybe. From the first, these two episodes. I feel like we've gotten the full setup done already. This isn't like the uh, first season. Or I think it's like an extra long episode for episode one. And that's just her the OA getting to tell him the story and then it goes yes. to her, her childhood and then it's like a whole other story. And then it goes to the, you know, there's like an intro we're introduced to a story in Michigan. And then we learn Nina's story. And then we uh, learn the OA story. It feels like it was like three stories being told at once in the first season. And this one, it feels like a convergence of, you know, two stories and maybe a third is growing, but yeah, it feels feels a lot faster. I want to say I'm trying to think about how to say this. Yeah, I I think we're being fed a lot of information uh, much differently now because we don't have the the story being told directly to us anymore, right? Their narrative shift is um, completely different, right? Um, but we do we do. Yes. Um, it, it is very interesting. I, I think that this is a, a total upgrade, not that uh, season one was worse than this season. Um, but I, I definitely feel like it's much more accessible. I don't know if you agree with that. but uh, Yeah, I would say so for sure. But, you know, just kind of like how we talked about last episode, um, I think it is a mixture of how much um, we've already grown attached to this story and how uh, we've gotten used to its quirks, right? And um, just its overall weirdness. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that we are back in this section of the story. Um, I would love to know what are your initial impressions are. Uh, seeing that I've already seen this multiple times. <laughs> so I'd love to know uh, what you thought of this episode. General thoughts are I, uh, I'm i still excited to see the Michigan Five. And then I am 
I'm happy. I'm currently I'm intrigued with the uh, Kareem plot, the noir, the investigation into the mm-hmm. the, uh, the tech guy as well as the missing. Uh, is it Michelle? Yes. Yeah, missing Michelle. I'm intrigued by that still, but then every time we come back to the OA again back in captivity, it's a good center it's a good center point where I'm uh I'm I'm trying to connect everything with Kareem's investigation with like yeah, I'm trying to see how it all centers around the OA and her current predicament. I'm like, okay, how's this how's this tech guy gonna connect? I have a feeling of how it's going to connect, but how's this going to connect to the main through line? And how's the Michigan Five when they show up again? How are they going to connect right. to the OA who's currently <laughs> uh, not even on the same plane as them in a way? Did you? I know that last episode you said that we we're going to get a new five. So do you still feel like that theory, uh, or you still feel like the show is headed towards that theory, or? Um... Also, did you think that we'll ever see them again? <laughs> I think we will see them again. I don't want to spoil it, but the end of this episode definitely made me believe that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you're a new viewer and you don't know how our show is set up, is that, uh, yeah, initially we'll talk about our impressions, but if you haven't like already have like seen the OA, um, we're essentially going to go through pretty much beat by beat the episode uh, and discuss it. So if you haven't seen the show already, uh, what are you waiting for? You should do it. Otherwise, you can just listen to us, t- <laughs> talk about it, and review it. So, um, Yeah, it was really interesting listening to your uh, theories last episode because I'm like, okay, so you, uh, you thought that uh, she would replace them so quickly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, maybe she would. We'll see. Um, there should be multiple fives for the finale. <laughs> the finale in season five or six. <laughs> I did have this thought recently watching it or just thinking about the show. Back to this is off topic a little bit. Back to speculating like future seasons. I remember thinking like the final the final five would have to be like a meta season, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. I mean, or it's about I'm sure every season. But no, like the, the actors are literally. It's like a meta fiction where it's right. about the actors in the show, but they're also like, you know, OA. That, uh, is it Brit? How's you, how do you say your last name? Yeah, Brit Marling. Britt Marling, like, yeah, the actress Britt Marling is also now a character, literally, in, like, whatever hypothetical conclusion season. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe you're yeah. onto something here. I'm getting the, I'm getting the, uh, I'm getting infected. I'm kicking my feet at night, thinking about <laughs> where the show was going and why it's not getting renewed. You're <laughs> You're going to be shaking, shaking from anxiety, just like how she was in the first season in yeah. bed, thinking about Homer. <laughs> Where's Homer? <laughs> but um, speaking of which, uh, we do open up in this episode with uh, Homer's alarm. Uh, I am reading a recap from Meta Witches, so thank you again, Meta Witches, for handing us this recap. Um, yeah, 
we see him uh, in his daily routine, waking up extremely early in the morning, which is something that uh, I strive to do. Um, doing pull-ups and eating breakfast and making his way to um, work. Uh, he rides a bike. And we do see that uh, Prairie is headed over to Hap's office in a stray jacket. Or straight jacket, I'm sorry. And um, yeah, we kind of see like this uh, staircase that kind of reminded me of the first season. Um, and um, yeah, we get this really... Uh, what's the word? Mm, I don't know if it's eye-opening, but like I, I love the discussions that Prairie has with Hat because it it does um open up. Mm, it open up it open up my mind to like what Hat is trying to do. It's almost like he's being humanized in a way, in this moment, and he's trying to tell prairie like hey like we've got something bigger here like you've made it here and we need to know why and we need to work together and of course prairie is going to um be incredibly taken aback by that and would want nothing to do with uh his his future plans yeah it's a fun it's it's a fun hypothetical i had me thinking like uh, when you when you jump dimensions, do your crimes carry over? In Hap's case, it clearly does. <laughs> it's literally the same soul or whatever in a new body. But it's, yeah, and then another character later brings up the whole like, what about the uh, original Percy? What about the 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 Nina in that timeline that she hopped into the body of? Like, where where do they, where have they gone? Are they dormant? Right. Are they, are they asleep within her body currently as she's piloting it? unaware dreaming maybe or are they like had were they kicked into a new body and they woke up in a different body that day yeah those are really good questions because this wasn't something that i thought about myself um it's like hey you know we're traveling to another dimension and you don't think about the the body that you're in that had a or has a life right and um yeah, it's almost like a, they're taken hostage in some way. Yeah, glad they addressed mm. that. Yes, yeah, it is very um, intriguing that they, they put a lot of effort in, in asking those questions um, later on in this episode. And, um, and, then and another, we do. Yeah. Another small conspiracy aside, uh, on the intro for the show, the slow zoom on San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I was reflecting like, oh, it's cool to it's cool that this season's set here because I've been there. I've been to that that pier. I'm like, oh, this is neat. But then when we see the uh, the OA being escorted up the stairs in her straight jacket, uh, it immediately took me to another conspiracy that was locally based in the San Francisco area. And that is the. Uh, the connection between Roger Smith. A Berkeley grad. Uh, there's there's a recent book about uh, chaos, the Manson story, that I read mm-hmm. when I was working at Amazon, and uh, it was a funny, not funny. It's a it's a it's a 
it's a deep dive into the conspiracy of there was a free experimental clinic in the 60s and early 70s ran mm. out of San Francisco that a uh, psychiatrist student, medical student from the Berkeley grad program uh, worked in for years. And he was also on a reformed parole situation, like an experimental parole mm. service. Mm-hmm. And one of his uh, parolees that was suspiciously buried was one Charles Manson, who uh, Roger, uh, on multiple occasions, uh, had uh, cases thrown out or dismissed by judges through going to court and representing Manson as his parole agent, saying, look, you can't lock him up for, you know, going to Mexico to gather drugs to traffic. You can't lock him up for that. I'm his parole guy. He's a reformed man. We're doing this thing. Oh. There's, mo- there's yeah, there's multiple crimes that this specific graduate parole like like this doctorate student, future doctor, you know, guy was uh covered for Manson. And uh that same clinic hosted one Jolly West who famously was the pioneer of the MK Ultra LSD oh. experiments. Yes. Yes. Where yeah, I think didn't they uh I forgot which yeah, they laced the water, right, of the small town with LSD. Uh, that could be another experiment that they did before his, because uh, I think he was in the 50s, 60s before he got the, he got kind of, the, he got the boot kind of, like a soft boot, like covered up, like, okay, we can't let you do this no more. So he went to his university, but he was critically acclaimed and celebrated as like one of the greatest minds in the field. So, of course, people still respected him and they invited him places. And when he was, uh, he was introduced or when he was encouraged to come and work at this free clinic that was uh, offering like no charge medical attention for addicts and all these other people in the free love movement that Manson was also a part of. He definitely went down there. And the conspiracy is how much of uh, Manson's uh, techniques to reprogram people was learned in that period in San Francisco. Like How much, you know, how there's no like official there's no official record of Jolly West and Manson like in the same room. Like there's no paperwork to show that, but they were going to the same clinic for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, the conspiracy theory goes from there because Manson famously used brainwashing techniques like the ones that were studied by Jolly West before his uh relocation to the San Fran San Francisco area. Yeah, so I, was, I when I saw that like 60s, 70s, 80s looking stairway and desk, and I was thinking about all how neat it is that it's set in San Francisco, it reminded me of that book and that conspiracy theory that recently came out. Like the book was released, I think, like 2016 or 18. Oh wow! Okay. Wow. Oh. Um. Yeah, definitely got to tell me more about that. After I'll this episode, because I'm very intrigued um, def- by that. I'll, I'll definitely connect anything that happens obscurely to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, because, yeah, as we do know uh, later on in the episode, um, there is kind of almost a uh, brainwashing uh, techniques being used. I mean, I, loosely brainwashing. I mean, um, you know, done by, by Homer, but, you know, and. Unknowingly, 
because of what Hap is trying to get him to do later on, right? Um, yes. Happens to uh, one of our beloved uh, angels. But um, yeah, so we do find out what happened uh, after Oe, after Prairie, gets uh, left, gets abandoned on the side of the road. Hap goes and um, essentially brings uh, Rachel, Scott, um, Renata, and Homer to a field somewhere in, I think he, I believe he said North Dakota, right? Somewhere in North Dakota. And he poisoned them all and said, hey, we have, I think, I believe about 15 minutes to perform the movements. <laughs> and we're all going to die anyway, so you might as well do them with me. And that's just, oh my god. this uh, He's a madman. I don't, God, yeah, 15 minutes to do it. <laughs> like, and of course, Homer, um, he runs off uh, in the heat of the moment. But knowing that he has really nowhere to go, he just... Again, they're all trapped by this man. He's always uh, a step ahead of them, a few steps at least. Um, it's great. Yeah, I love, I love this scene. Yeah, it's a great thing. I think Homer. I think he runs away to like pursue OA for Prairie. Like, go to her now that they're free. And he's like, oh wait, I won't make it in time. Mm-hmm. And then this is the shot of I think Scott and Renata. And they're there, like they're defeated, but they're upset. Like, oh, like Homer, you can't leave, obviously. But they're they're not calling out to him or telling him that. They're like they're they're knowing he's come to the same conclusion. Yes. And I'm like, oh, if I leave, not only am I not gonna make it, I'm gonna die. And not only am I gonna die, but uh, the other four behind me are gonna die. Right. So yeah. So they don't. Yeah, they don't really have much of a choice. Yeah. Um, and I believe uh, was it. Rachel, that says, "Hey, don't worry, we'll get him on the other side." Um, yeah, I want to say her. Yeah, I think she said that, and yeah, yeah. Oh, it says right here. Yes, so Rachel promised that they'll get him after they jump and they do the movements, which is terrific. I love all. I love seeing them do the movements, and yeah, we get um, a wonderful transition into them all sitting in a circle while alarms are blaring in the background and they made it. (laughs) Um, You see um, how they made it to that institution and yeah, as soon as Scott wakes up, he lunges towards Hap and tries to murder him, which is good for him Um, because this man held them prisoner uh, well, at least held him prisoner for more than seven years, at least. And almost gets away with it until uh, when uh, Rachel, she wakes up Homer. And, well, it is not the Homer that we know. Because if it is, or if it was, he probably wouldn't have stopped Scott. <laughs> and, yeah, unfortunately, Hap lives again. Um, I swear. Hmm? I think he would have still. Yeah, can't. I think Homer you think Homer would have stopped Scott even if he remembered. Yeah, or just logically, like oh, we could beat him up, but we can't. Like you can't kill him, Scott. 
<sighs> Man, I don't gotta, know. Uh, gotta get out of here. The legal system's not gonna recognize that we hop dimensions. <laughs> yeah. Um Homer is Yeah, he is the logical one of the group. And um again, they're fucking trapped by this fucking mad scientist. I'm really upset because I I hate Hap so much. What? But this Hap is a different Hap. Until Hap hopped in him. Yeah, yeah, but we know this is the Hap from the other dimension. Like, no, yeah, and I, I, it's. I'm not, I'm not liking what the current Hap's up to, anyways. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I guess with that logic, you know, hey, yeah, it's this Hap. Had a has a life, right? Um, killing him. Well, yeah, but he's no longer the half. Well, then again, like Prairie, Nina, Oa—they're all one person, right? So it's yes. uh, it's difficult. Um, um but yeah, I, I like the fact that after recalling that scene, Hap tells Oa like. And like she always said, uh, it's the same play, a uh, different cast, uh, ruling over many dimensions through time. And yeah, it is a, basically destiny that they'll always be together in some way. And um, so they do what they yeah. do. It's the feeling You're I saying. You, oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were saying? Until they do what they need to do, they're always together. But it feels like logically, or in the storytelling sense, there has to be. It's building to something. Like yeah, if they're fated to have. If there's if they're fated to be five and c- captured by, the one, it has to be about something. That's what I believe. Mm. So when she says that, I think like, oh yeah, it's 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 fate that's going to be like that until it's not. <laughs> when we conclude this. Yeah, because they can't really escape their fate, right? It's almost like it was predestined for like for this to happen, right? Because as we know later on in the episode, we do get some callbacks, which were pretty neat. Um, I, I love that they used footage from season one that we didn't get to see in season one, like some extra lines. Uh, extra scenes. I don't know if you uh, noticed, but um, I like the fact that this show does that. They probably had like some extra scenes that they want to like throw in there. And like, oh yeah, we still had uh, these extra lines that we can throw in um, that you can tell that they filmed uh, years ago before season two. Um, and yeah, I just seeing this episode seems like I don't know if if you felt it, but I, I feel like they're trying to hint towards a, like some sort of relationship between Hap and OA. And he's trying to form something between the, them two. So, um, yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you think about that? I, I'm, I'm too, I'm too concerned. I'm too. I'm too in the show. I think. I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's like we're bound together, Prairie. You know, like it's, it's it's happenstance in a way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe that's no hap happenstance. Fate faded. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it is faded because uh they they're both very powerful individuals in their own right. And he he wants to understand how she was she was able to um hop into their dimension. You know, despite that they um they left her or he left her essentially. And she was still able to will herself to their dimension, um, which is incredible. I mean, she is the OA after all. I'm just extremely intrigued by that. Yes. Um, it, it does bring the question to me of uh, she was going to Homer, but we find out in this episode uh, Homer's not Homer. Yes. So she, she 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 somehow followed him to that uh, dimension universe, mm-hmm. but somehow Homer's not there. So it made me it makes me question it makes me question her ability to like it's it's amazing that she did go to the same one as them, but it feels like there's a significant like the reason Hap is investigating, as well as the OA is trying to figure out. Yeah, it's important to understand how she was able to find that specific one that they were also in. Right. Minus Homer. So, so I'm thinking like maybe Homer is still somehow not dead, right? Because Hap says that he died in a field in North Dakota. And that your Homer, he says, your Homer is no longer with us. Yeah, that's right? totally not true. And, you know, this Homer, like, worships Dr. Percy. He's worked with him uh, basically his whole adult life. And so we can see the adoration that um, Homer Roberts has um, for uh, Percy. And, um, yeah, I I believe it's going to be a difficult task to even get Homer to see uh, uh, the evil in, uh, in Hap. And um, I guess also accept like Rachel. I I really enjoyed in this episode how they establish the uh the re- not the repercussions but the uh I, I think repercu- the repercussions of the new the new the the things that changed in that universe. Like Rachel's mm-hmm. lost her ability to sing. Uh, when Homer, if he does find his way back to that body, I don't. I don't picture he's gonna be too excited to find out his son doesn't exist. I want to say. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they all. I think Scott uh, was feeling, and I, I'm not feeling good, but Scott was at least uh, I think no, I think yeah. I was gonna say, is he detox? Like, yeah, he's detox because he he was in he was in confined space for seven years. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Uh. Do we want to talk about that? I know that we. So we do get a scene where you know Hap gets uh, Prairie taken away. He he injures himself with the clock. Uh, Prairie. Um. Yeah, she gets uh, sedated by Homer. Right afterwards, he's trying to get her to calm down. It's so early in the morning. He, 
Uh, Homer later explained he didn't want her to uh, disturb the patients, but he feels uh, a ton of remorse and regret over that. Mm-hmm. And so, so we do see this relationship between Hap and Homer, where um, as soon as <laughs> Homer expresses his feelings, Hap's like, are you criticizing my methods? It's like, no, of course not. It's just like, man, Homer, grow some balls. <laughs> Challenge this man. Um, you wanna, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. And by eggs, I mean patients' psyches. <laughs> right. They, I guess, you know, they have a, sh- uh, allegedly have a shared psychotic disorder, right? These strangers that have same memories, uh, same um, recalling of these events. And so, like, that's, yeah, that's got to be more than just a coincidence. But, um, but the work that they do there, they need more, right? They need to find out more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Homer takes on the task from Hap to uh, handle Prairie's therapy sessions and uh, basically find out for himself how she got there, right? Um, but yeah, ugh, man, Hap is such a, uh, lack of a better word, an asshole. Because <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 yeah. He's had time to prep, too, that uh, OA did not have. Which is not fair. Mm-mm. When OA was hanging around Michigan, Hap's been putting up cameras, turning a whole psych ward into his own bigger containment prison. Yes. Yeah, she, she tells him, she calls him a, a warden. She's like, you're not a scientist, you're a warden. And all he has to say to her is like, hey, you're, you're just holding on to the past. You're holding on to these grudges. Like, look, you know, you're going to have to see me differently one day. Maybe we'll go to a new dimension in which you'll see me differently. With new eyes, essentially. It's like we're um, hopping dimensions. Yes. It's like we're going to hop dimensions no matter what. And you're going to feel differently. <laughs> um, Hap's been watching a lot of Rick and Morty, if you ask me. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, that's why uh, I love this show so much because he, he is playing this mad scientist who, who I'm, I'm going to assume he's, he has this god complex. It's definitely the villain, um, which is refreshing. Right. Hey, he, and, and again, like Jason Isaacs plays him so well that like it's re- it really is hard for me to just fully hate him and want him to die because like, he has such, I don't know, his... He has such a, I don't know, he's, he comes off very sympathetic somehow. I'm not sure how he does it. He's an underappreciated actor for me. He is, 100%. I think this is his best role that he's ever taken on. Um, but I'm biased, because I love the OA, so. Um, but, um, yeah, so we do... Get back to Kareem. He, uh, I guess he was stalking. He's basically staking out uh, on the side of the building of Curie, right? Waiting for all the uh, participants to come outside. Yeah, all the dreamers. 
right? I love the scene where he he digs into his uh, glove box and like has some mouthwash in there. <laughs> I'm like, yes, he he has things. He's uh, well put together for sure. <laughs> Didn't have to brush his teeth or anything. Just mouthwash for like five seconds. Good to go. <laughs> um, Kareem's coming around for me. Yeah. He's still a little too hard boiled. He doesn't feel fully real. He feels like a character too much a little bit still. Mm-hmm. But that's only because we've seen him do character things of like, you know, inve- he's, we've only seen him mostly investigating. And he showed he has a soft side and stuff, but it, that's like a that's like a thing with those types of the genre. It's like, of course, then he has a soft side for kids and he's going to have there's going to be a femme fatale maybe introduced soon, if not already. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, he's going to be suave with her or whatever is going to happen between them. <laughs> All right, let's see if uh, your theories will come true, Patrick. Yeah, but I like um... that. We got to we get to see him. Uh, especially when he gives us some background as well as like, yeah, his, his, his method of approach where he'll, he plays it cool with the dreamers. And then he just comes mm-hmm. forward at the end. He's quick to come forward and say, look, this is what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. He has a, a charm to him that makes people want to open up. He's not just, um, you know, this cold, uh, and stoic, uh, detective. He, uh, yeah. um, he has some heart. And he, and he, he's, uh, he's, you can tell he's a very kind individual. Yeah, his heart and his uh, matter-of-fact approach when he's like found out. Mm-hmm. And, and we do get a cameo from an actress uh, who co-starred with Zendaya and Euphoria, Alexa Demi, who is one of the dreamers. She uh, is the one that walks away and says, hey, I'm not going to lose my job here, so... Um, you can talk to him, but I'm not here to, uh, break my, uh, NDA. So she leaves. That's Alexa Demi, who is, uh, best known for her role in Euphoria and, uh, mid-90s. So, um, yeah, we're getting some, uh, some cameos in here. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting, the, the cast, they're, they're pulling in. And, um... Yeah, and we don't get Zendaya in this episode, so. <laughs> oh yeah, I I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, the Fevital is Zendaya already introduced. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'm loving all these theories throwing out there. Um, you know, I won't confirm or deny it for you yet. So maybe we'll find out. Uh, maybe she didn't appear for a reason. Um, so Kareem does. Uh, find out um what's going on, or at least he gets a. a let's see, the the woman. Yeah, a lead. Yeah. Yes, he gets a lead, and um. Yeah, interesting. Uh, in this recap, it says that Kareem gets a five of hearts on his bottle cap. Mm-hmm. Um. Totally forgot. I totally missed this detail. Uh, says that he'll fall in love five times. He still has a few love affairs left. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the fives. There's also five crows later on. Oh, five crows! I did not. I missed that detail too. Yeah, there's five crows fighting a mechanical 
uh, a oh, the, yeah. It's like five on one. Yes. Five on, five on the techno, the techno one, the technology. Right. Like that, yeah. Is the drone hat? No, <laughs> it, it's 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 a motif. Love the, mm. I love the show has yeah little so many little nods for their. You can tell they've sat down and thought very 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 hard. Right. They're not just like, oh, let's have the crows in the scene. Like, no, let's have right. What card wow, does he okay. have? Yeah, what card does he have? Five of hearts. Not not a jack or a prince or not prince, jack or king or queen or ace. No. Right. Yeah. Man, you're picking up these details quicker than I am. <laughs> this is like my fourth or fifth time watching this episode. I, I uh, yeah, regret to inform you that I did not pick up on these details before. Which is great because this show has so much uh, depth, so many layers going on that even I've missed. So, um, but yeah, it, it, I find it very interesting that the uh, it is essentially all women, I presume, that are partaking in this like uh, dreamers, like I don't know, I wouldn't say survey, but like experiment. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and she does tell him that. Uh, that yeah, they're like how the whole process, how the whole process is being handled, how um they record their dreams basically every night, and um they essentially wake up after their REM cycle to um recite what happened in their dreams, and um that is very interesting. I actually used to record my dreams. I used to have a dream log. Um, almost every other night at some period, like quite a handful of years ago, I would wake up and write about my dreams or re- recall what I just dreamt. It's very interesting to look back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it is equally important to remember what we dream about. Uh, Maybe it'll bring us some clarity about the real world. I just have bad dreams recently, so I'm, I'm hoping that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Patrick. Maybe um, it's a lack of sleep, or maybe your dreams are telling you something, and perhaps uh, you could use a dream log too. Because I mean, that's I, the whole reason why I started it. <laughs> you're making me, you're making me want to uh, get a dream blog going for sure. You should, one hundred percent. When I started doing it, it, it gave me—I don't know—it made me feel more enlightened about what's going on in my mind, and uh, I, I kept that up for quite a long time. And um, yeah, I should probably get back to doing so. Yeah. And I um, love the. So I'll do a quick thing. I sure. I'm not. How does this? The show seems to have shifted. Has has it? I'm not fully. Not shifted, but like uh, the first season, there's a big connection to NDEs. Mm-hmm. And that feels like it was a. Uh, I think how to phrase this. Now is is it getting? Am I if, am I correct that it gets further away from that from what I'm seeing so far? It feels now it's more about dreams in a way. Hmm. Um, 
does this Nina have an NDE? Does this Scott have NDD? I know Rachel still has hers, I believe. Right, because we do find out later in the episode that she, um, the only reason why she has to, her condition is because of a terrible car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Like, does the, the, did Dr. Percy have that obsession too? But didn't he have a different, he went, he, he pursued a different career? He didn't work at an ER, right. he became a, yeah, so it's like, ah, oh, I wonder how much. Right, the whole NDE aspect, right? Um, that yeah. was, yeah, like you said, it was a huge part of season one. Now it's uh, shifting, yes. It is shifting towards dreams. Um, yeah, that is interesting. I, I didn't think about that as much. Um, yeah, because it almost, oh man. You're making me think about it now, like, huh? I don't want to confirm or deny it to you because <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Uh, and also, it could be spoilers. Yes. So, um, I guess we will find out. Because, uh, yes, uh, Kareem does find out. He does uh, get an answer. Uh, he needed to go search for a person named uh, Marlo Rhodes. Um, she uh, is the person who... Uh, is essentially running these experiments. She's like collecting um, these records. And she, yeah, she disappeared for a couple of weeks or a couple of weeks ago, which is around the same time that Michelle disappeared. So we have a new lead. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, yeah, Marla Rhodes disappears. Now Kareem has to go find her. He does a little bit more digging. He calls... Um, essentially his, uh, I guess his partner, right, for help. Yeah. Mo, who, I love Mo, by the way. Uh, I like her introduction into this episode. Um, how she's, uh, <laughs> she, you can tell she and Kareem have a very unique relationship. Yes. And, um, yeah, they, they make, I can tell they make a very good duo. She's the, and she's the computer person to his detective. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we all need that, right? I wish, like, I had someone like that. Hey, hack, hack the I- IRS for me. <laughs> Please. Um, yes, yeah, so she essentially waves her magic wand, uh, helps Kareem get more information later on. Um, but yeah, I love uh, Kareem's dad joke about the sexy brown cow. Uh, and the sexy brown uh, chicken. <laughs> uh, basically, I am Kareem sometimes. I would love to uh, spill more dad jokes. Not <laughs> that on the phone. Um, Walking busily across the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a classic. I, I've never heard of that joke before. The uh, brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> that's that's nice. Um you can't laugh at that joke. I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just 12 years old on the inside. I'm healing my inner child. Um, but uh, yeah, Kareem does go to a PlayStation. He has to uh, fill in um, his statement, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he's essentially trying to find out about the the kid who jumped out the window. 
um, trying to gather more intel on that. That's um, a part of the statement as well. Mm-hmm. Right, because they were saying essentially that uh, there wasn't really any evidence of Michelle being in that house um, because they did not see Michelle entering or exiting. Uh, and they also didn't see that kid because his name is Liam um, entering. So, um, yeah. And then we lead into, um, yeah, that phone conversation that uh, Hap has with Pierre Ruskin. So there's that connection. Um, and Hap basically convinces her, convinces him to have Nina, aka Prairie, OA, stay at the clinic. Um, so that he can facilitate uh, her recovery, as he says. So, um, yep, that's where we get the conversation of Homer and Hap, and where Hap gives him much more, um, essentially, uh, much more responsibility to handle uh, Nina's recovery. And... Um, yeah, so we do kind of get a hint of, of what's going on even more so, that there is a connection between Hap and Pierre Ruskin. Essentially, you know, the richest man on the earth, from what I presume. And so, yeah, there must be something uh, evil afoot going on there. Something nefarious happening, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Homer uh, is now going to be conducting these therapy uh, sessions with, with Prairie. And um, yeah, he, he just gets manipulated by Hap, just like everybody else. Everyone gets manipulated by him. Somehow, he's just able to gather information or gather intel. Like, I don't know. I, uh, like I said, there's something about Hap. And Jason Isaac's Jason Isaac's performance that makes him so like sympathetic and charming in some way, and I can hate him, but also love his character still, and want yeah. him to die. Yeah, yeah Hap, Hap places what he's current Hap places like his motivation in exploring the dimensional aspect. He places that same like desire, but he frames it as like, you know, making a breakthrough with these five patients, four patients. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting dynamic that he's like planting the seed of his own madness, maybe in Homer. Of you know, like we get you know great things, great sacrifices, unexplored ground, new territory. Mm-hmm. Heard the name Marlow, which is a Heart of the Darkness reference, maybe. Oh, that's another character. It's not. <laughs> it's not connected to these guys. <laughs> Well, we do get a we do get a reference to uh, Octavia Butler, who is very famous for um, her. Because uh, what's the word like sci-fi, fantasy, like dystopian uh, novels? I don't know if you ever read um, any of uh, her her books. Um, it does get referenced here. Uh, Parable of the Sewer, her 1993 novel. Um, I, th- I believe I read that one. Uh, 
Parable of the Sewer, yeah. I, I like the fact that they are referencing Octavia E. Butler because she is a very prominent um, author during the um, 90s and early uh, 2000s before her death. So, um, yeah, seems like Brit and Zal are huge fans of her. Um, yeah, and, and uh, according to the synopsis of this book, it is about a woman who um, is a, a deep empath who can feel the pain of others. And uh, maybe that's a, also what OA is. Um, yeah. So, very, uh, I think she's a very underrated uh, author, at least the book that I've read. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to find out what book did I read because I know it's probably not Parable of the Sewer. <laughs> um, yeah, she's a very prominent author who wrote about um, social and uh, inequality in society and, and um, these like relationship dynamics, like uh, interracial relationships, um, polyamorous relationships. It's very, very interesting. <laughs> Something that I never thought I would like find myself uh, being interested in. So, yeah. Got off on a little tangent there, but um, we're moving on. So Kareem is working in his houseboat, right? And Mo shows up to give him more information on Marla Rhodes and how um, she basically scrubbed clean her uh, her record and just basically just went off the map, um, disappearing from Curie. And we do see that Mo is, uh, she's pregnant. So, um, yeah. That's a interesting development for her character, and you do kind of at least I do see like there is something going on between uh, Mo and Kareem, mm -hmm. and uh, I like I don't know it's <laughs> I like the fact that like she had all these reasons and excuses for not calling him, and you know like she makes it seem like Kareem is some sort of a uh, a playboy. <laughs> It's like, I don't want to bother you. I don't know if, you know, she was listening in on his door to see, like, what he's doing. Um, yeah. Very, I like how endearing her character comes across. Mm -hmm. I sure hope she's not one of the new five. <laughs> you don't want her to be one of the new five? How could you hop dimensions with a baby? True. Very what true. Happens, you know what? what happens to the baby? <laughs> um... Yeah, because then she's essentially a, a person and a half. So, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how that would work. How can you, like, perform the movements <laughs> when you have another person inside you? Are you, um, you? You perform the movements, but does the baby come with you? Or does the baby right. go? Is the baby aware of what's it's... happening? <laughs> um, yeah, that is a very interesting question. I hope we get that answered. <laughs> Uh, but yeah anyway uh, oh I read Fledgling that's the Octavia Butler book sorry I was trying to find out what that was Fledgling 2005 right before her death um, 
So yeah, Marlo Rhodes, definitely she had some favors done for her to disappear. But of course, Mo has, uh, did not come there to give uh, Kareem any empty-handed information. She knows how to find him. I mean, even though she's off the grid, uh, we know that she frequents a, a bookstore. And um, so, yeah, Kareem has uh, another lead, and he heads over there to find out uh, Rhodes' um, address. And then, yeah, we get this interesting scene, though. What uh, comes after is between um, O.A. and Homer. Uh, such an emotional scene to me because O.A. mentions that... Um, Homer, her Homer, never looked at her crazy, always believed in her, talking about, um, you know, believing in impossible things. Just a wonderful, like, line, wonderful quote. And the performance that Britt Marling is giving here is just, uh, yeah, incredible. Definitely, like, Emmy-worthy, in my opinion. Um, And it serves the, uh, it serves to show that uh, at least currently, it's, it's not one of the situations where love, not love, but like it won't pull him out immediately. Mm-hmm. Like she's like spilling the guts and all the details and like how much she loved him or loves him. And it doesn't break him out of it. So there's there's something else needed. Right. That's what I took away from a big part he's, of the scene. He's unaffected. He has that very clueless puppy dog eyes. Yeah. Um, that we see quite a bit. And I, I think that speaks a lot to uh, Emery Cohen's performance too. Just like, I get very annoyed with him. I'm like, come on, man, snap out of it. Like, you can't see. Like, she really, I mean, yes, she really means it, but he obviously thinks she's uh, a little cuckoo. And yeah, just like, no you of- think I'm your soulmate? <laughs> yeah. There's no way of knowing because he doesn't, he doesn't know. Right. I, and then I love, uh, I think it's this meeting. When he puts his hand up. Yes. I was so excited when I saw that. I was like, oh. Did you see that coming? Uh, no, I did not see that coming. Hmm. Uh, when she said it was happening, I was like, oh, is this going to be a thing that makes her look crazy? <laughs> but then the camera does the movement, like the exact same shot of Homer's injury. Right. Right. So yeah, it's like uh, it makes me feel like is okay is NDE like a time travel view versus mm. I don't know there's 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 dimensional hopping hopping but it seems to be along a flat line of time but now it's we're seeing Homer's NDE took him to a uh, a future time in a different body completely because that's his hand right I think yeah I don't did you. Didn't you predict that? I, I could have sworn that was one of your theories last season. Um, that was an asylum. You yeah, you did say it was either asylum, but like, but the arm thing. It's like, oh, is that Homer's arm or something? Or I don't know. You mentioned. I could have sworn you might have predicted that, but I don't know. I, I need I to re- listen to the episodes again and see if you actually got that right. <laughs> I'm not sure either. I I would have. I think I maybe made a joke about how hairy the arm is. <laughs> right. Oh, you did. You did. It's definitely a man's <laughs> arm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. What did you think of overall? Like, so yeah, that, that was kind of uh, 
yeah, that was such a cool moment. You're like, wow, everything connects. And Maybe, um, yeah, it, it made me extremely curious if Homer is inside another patient's body somehow. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. there, does he have a connection to that other person in this dimension? Are the rules a little more bit? Are the rules more bent than we're led to believe currently? Right. Can they hop into completely different bodies just because like the same soul is attached to that body that's shared amongst? You know, like if you're if I don't know, like what if in a different dimension you're like born in a different country and your soul's in that different body? You'd be a different person mm-hmm. physically. Or are you like, is there like a, you know, is your soul tied to your DNA sequence? Mm. I don't think it should be. That doesn't fully add together. But yeah, it made me curious. Like, is Homer currently in the body of a patient that everyone thinks is extremely, uh, extremely troubled and is making desperate escape attempts? Right. So you think that he might possibly still be there? in that facility possibly or mm. yeah I'm, I'm i'm very curious to see who that was is there a dollar right. factor is there a patient that looks identical to homer uh, yeah i am i am curious because yes remember what came soon after is that uh the receptionist comes in right and says hey there's a man in his underwear in a pink robe who is uh, running amok. <laughs> and there's an issue with the plumbing. Mm-hmm. Yes, because remember, that's, that was pretty prominent. Uh, the last time, right, when, when uh, Homer hopped Dimension and we see that, that the two urinals. Normal <laughs> flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I am curious, like, so... I have that question too. Like, so they end up capturing that guy, and did he look like Homer, or did yeah, like like you mentioned, did Homer hop into another person's body and did that? Um, NDE. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, and I love the fact that uh, the actress who plays the receptionist is uh, Bria. Uh, I don't know how to say her name. She's Lithuanian, so I, I'm going to say it wrong. Veniati. Uh, um, she was in the Florida Project. Um, now she has this like little fun role for herself as this receptionist. So, yeah, I uh, love that she has a role in the show because I loved her very much in the Florida Project. Um, but yes, that's neither here nor there. Let's move on. Uh, we um, do... Yeah, hold on, let's see... Where do we go from here? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and I also want to mention, I like the fact that uh, Away brings up like the jumping jacks and like uh, Homer having an NDE on the football field, which he does not remember because it never happened to him. Mm-hmm. Right? So the fact that uh, this version of Homer never had the NDE so, like, yeah, he uh, does not have the ring, and he also doesn't have what I presume have a child. Um, so, yeah, they went to a dimension where things are completely different. And I don't know. We get this boring version of Homer. 
essentially. Um, Boring Homer, but the style the style choices are more out there this season. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it. Yeah. Every time I watch this season, I'm just like so upset. It's just like things are so different, but like this is not our Homer. You know, like I miss I miss Homer from season one, and it's just like we're not getting this here. You know, like it's frustrating. Um, and then I can feel that I, I like the fact that the show really, um, at least for me, like makes me feel frustrated just as much as OA is feeling frustrated. Um, and yeah, the fact that he doesn't know Hap's nickname, right? Or, uh, per- Dr. Percy's nickname as Hap, right? He's the, uh, yeah, Angel Hunter Hap whatever they want to call him. He's the angel of death. And, um, yeah, so, <clears throat> so, essentially, um, OA is still, um, under lockdown at this point, right? Even though she's getting these therapy sessions, she's not allowed to, uh, interact with the general population. And, um, yeah, we do get like a really great scene later on which she was crying in her room and she starts to draw the uh, the Michigan Five. And I don't know if you remember, but early in season one, we get that exact same drawing in, in the intros. I like that a lot. Did you, uh, did you happen to catch that? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. When she started drawing, it's like, I remember her drawing good. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can't wait to see how it turns out. And then when I saw, I was like, oh, it's the faces from that one uh, intro. Yeah, it made me think the whole time, like, wait, wait is Britt Marling really drawing? I like, I'm like looking really intently and like, wow, she's looks like she's doing a great job. Did they do a body double? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> who's drawing? OA, Dina, or Prairie? Um. It's a very lovely drawing of the five because we haven't seen them. And yeah, did you have any doubt in your mind that you'd ever see them again? No. I think um, when we saw, especially seeing Hap's flashback, Mm -hmm. I felt pretty, or even when uh, Steven runs after OA when she's uh, collapsing in episode one, Nina is right. I really, I really uh, like. Oh no, there's a there's there's definitely going to be a connection between those two realms somehow. Right. Okay. Yeah, because they're they do this thing where like the first two episodes, like we we don't get anything, right? And this is essentially really the first time that we get a reference to the the original five. And yeah, it, it warms my heart to see that. Um, that she still thinks of them. And that she didn't forget about them. Um, Who's to say they're not going to hop dimensions? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you might be onto something there. <laughs> Um, 
yeah so yeah i like i love i love this conversation with oa and homer and how she's just trying to convince him and seeing that hey like you know scott and renata they they have the same story um like you know how that's not just a coincidence right and 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 homer says well you have a different story you know how did you get here and so she and she knows that that's the, the the big question right because hap wants to know that and um yeah we do find out that rachel cannot sing and it's so sad like ah sharon van etten she can sing <laughs> i don't know if you ever listened to like any of her music but um she has some really good music uh yeah had a chance to see her at outside lands last year wasn't not able to go but she was there and uh yeah, it really sucks. She plays a mute character now. <laughs> um, she, has to, she has to sing at one point. Yeah, you think she has to sing? <laughs> I, can they? They're able to do the motions with the uh, sheriff's wife. That'd be pretty. I think that'd be convincing to Homer. Mm. They, if they're allowed to do the motions. Rachel's suddenly able to talk and she's also like, oh yeah, that story's completely true. I'm, <laughs> number, I'm number three and always four. Like, there's four of us. Uh, the only two people that don't remember are you and the, you know what, there's actually five of us that remember. The only one that doesn't remember is you, Homer. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be a miracle, right? Yeah. It's like she's had this, um, she has a aphasia, basically what I assume would be like a good good portion of her life, and so if she was ever able to talk, ever able to um, yeah, uh, tell Homer, I don't know, I still think he would be. He'd be skeptical, but if they did the yeah. motions and they're like, "We're gonna do the motions and we're gonna you're gonna cat dang see," and they did the motions and then she was suddenly able to talk. And she's not been talking. It's like on her medical record that she wasn't able to talk before she met these people. I think he would have to. I, I don't think he'd be convinced, but I think he'd be like highly, highly influenced to start believing them or, you know. Not believing them, but like, you know, like, OK, I'm going to start distrusting Dr. Percy. I guess faith in Dr. Percy would be shaken enough. That he could maybe entertain the idea that this is possible. Maybe maybe they are telling the truth and. This whole crazy situation is happening. I'm somehow wrapped up in it. Right. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe you're onto something. <laughs> um. But yeah. So yeah, we get a. You know, we get a. So yeah, Darmy comes in after um, always trying to tell. Homer, that he's just another pawn, and of course he's not gonna believe her, right? Um, he's been under uh, haps guys, gays guys, whichever, for a long, long time now, and um, yeah, she still can't hang out with her friends. She can't uh, do that yet. So, um, yeah, we do get a scene in which Kareem does some more digging. He goes to the the bookstore that uh that uh Marla Rhodes frequents and yeah, he gets the book 
or he um finds out like uh one of her recommended classics was a parable to sewer and i didn't know that they do delivery like that <laughs> do you know that did they do that uh patrick like he he stakes out the the bookstore so she can see the woman leave to deliver the book i believe it it's so like, like a it's a rural town it seems like mm-hmm. and the customer uh has a disability right it adds up like if she was going to the shop and like oh you know i live this far away I drive down here to get, you know, to see you guys and get a books. And they're pro- they probably, you know, I, I definitely believe they'd be like, oh, we'll send, you know, we'll, we'll send one of the employees here. Right. They'll get a nice break and they'll get a nice paid break to drive up to your house and leave like whatever books you ordered from us. Mm-hmm. When you don't want to come visit or drive down here and you just want a book. I can see that being a thing. Yeah, I, I. I find it hilarious that um, Kareem like puts on his glasses like that's his little disguise. I just thought it was a funny little thing he did. Um, yeah, just like acting like he knows uh, Marla Rhodes and he's just a friend that's trying to get her a gift. And um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like a really far drive though. So I'm just wondering like, man, that's a, yeah, I don't know. It must be like an hour drive in my opinion from where where they were going up to this very like desolate location so um just away from everybody you know a bunch of trees and like a little cabin no yeah i I delivered when i was at amazon i drove up in the hills and i i would deliver to two or three houses uh we had no Mm -hmm. signal oh my god you had to drive on a dirt road for certain parts too it was pretty wild okay all right. Well, shit. I guess I believe it now. <laughs> yeah. That was Amazon. This is like a nice bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, she, and she's rich. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm sure so is uh, Dr. Rhodes. So she'll be able to afford the, the delivery. <laughs> it cannot be cheap. That's for sure. Uh so yeah, Kareem's, Kareem finds uh, Dr. Rhodes. So um, he goes all the way up to her location. And um, yeah, we're about to meet the infamous person uh, behind the veil. And yeah, uh, we see um, OA crying in her room. We get that wonderful drawing. And essentially, I believe that's what convinces Homer to let her out, right? And to... Um, basically, uh, be reunited with Scott, Rachel, and Renata. She gets to go to the rec room. Yes, she gets to go to the room to see them for the first time, or at least uh, touch them for the first time, hug, like talk, like in person. That's just must be such a cathartic moment. And it really, really, um, yeah, it got me in the feels for sure. Uh, yeah, how did you feel about this whole moment? She got to interact with Renata and then Scott and then Rachel. Uh, I liked it. I uh, Renata was pretty funny. <laughs> but then I like that she's already coming around. In the end of the scene that plays out in the rec room. 
but yeah, the it was it was a good re, it was a good re, reunion. But then again, it has the it was quickly overshadowed for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's you know, it's it's this is awesome. Uh, we're still trapped, right? Now there's no glass panels between them, but like, it's like okay, we're still under the gun here to uh, you know, pull off a miracle again. And yeah, we're short one, gentlemen. Yeah, we uh, it's so sad because I, I feel like, you know, Renata or at least the actress, um, Paz Vega, she gets like such a, uh, I don't know, I feel like it seems like such a minor role for her. Um, she had a small role in season one. We didn't really get into depth with that. And in season two, now she plays the like, character who is i guess um she doesn't believe her story anymore because she's pretty much got uh brainwashed by homer into thinking that i was all crazy in some like other part of her mind so she kind of gets relegated into the background once again and uh that sucks i want to see more of her yeah i like uh she's a little back to the conspiracy thing She's fallen victim to like the influence, mm-hmm. where you know when the brainwashing stuff—it's not—it's not literal. Like they don't open your brain up like a, a computer yet. They can't do it like that yet, and like insert stuff into it, like beliefs or memories, yet. But right. she's like, yeah, she's. I think he's purposely isolating them, or you know, it's been what a year, a little over a year, since they jumped into the new dimension where it's only been like a day for away huh oh i didn't think about that yeah yeah, has it been a year okay because there's a way she uh she makes it back to the start of the first season where she jumps off the bridge right and like that wasn't she missing she was missing like seven years but then she was free for a year right a certain period of time where yeah renata's seems like she's fallen victim to the thing of you know it's she has this vivid memory of a life and this crazy situation and hopping dimensions and now she's in a psych ward and uh doctors are telling her like no you're actually this person uh those are all you know those are all psychosis it's not real and uh yeah you can't believe that stuff so yeah over time it's like yeah it's a form of brainwashing where she would she would begin to accept it like she has, but then like we see at the end, she's uh, pulled back in a little bit, I think. Right. We're remembering their camaraderie of trying to find solutions as like Wells working together when they were first in captivity. Yeah, I, I really liked um, yeah, this whole sequence because we do see Oway trying to gather uh, intel herself through um Rachel I was like almost doing like charades, right? Um she like throws the 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 uh boxes of games onto the floor and even some of the other patients are like helping out, right? Talking about it's a teenagers, children. She said it was a, a house and then um a map, right? And then like some sort of rose or like flower. And yeah, that all gets interrupted by Hap coming in and finding out 
what the heck is going on and yes he has a completely normal reaction to patients happily engaging with each other and appearing to grow (laughs) or work together right being very social together in this you know rec room at a ward yeah and it just seems like homer just doesn't see it that way (laughs) for some reason homer's like this Um, is cool he's like oh this is like you know this is a beautiful moment right it was and they're teaching rachel how to talk in a unique way and she's excited and engaging and trying her best she's like, oh this is like yeah this is great for him then Hap and his goons come in which i'm assuming this whole facility is funded for sure this is all funded by the the uh, tech gentleman or tech person right uh pure Ruskin. yeah i'm i'm if that hasn't been revealed yet and i forgot i'm gonna go ahead and assume that's what's happening now because they're pretty <laughs> They have pretty. They have a pretty hard iron fist when it comes to these patients that I don't think a a public facility would be allowed to have. Right. Um, yeah, that's a that's a very strong theory you have there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's such a such a good scene. You know, we we got to see Scott. He's so he's healthy. Um, you know. Like, I really love that they all got reunited together. Yes. And it just got... Yeah. He got ripped away pretty quickly. He ripped the band-aid off. Say, stop crying and move on. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. They're making uh, You're developments. Yes. We get more uh, developments on the story because, you know, they're trying to find out what the hell is Hap doing Yes. Um, and it, with his experiments, right? Because he has Rachel um, do his bidding for him, be his little assistant, because she cannot speak. She cannot form words. Um, and yeah, we will get back to that very soon. Uh, so we do get uh, Kareem meeting Dr. Rhodes, and he's trying to find out more about Kiri. So he, you know, he tells her about how bad of a person that he's been, right? Um, she's worried about like her own um, moral compass and what she's done for Kiri. He says, hey, I have things that I'm not proud of in my life because uh, he used to work for the FBI. He worked undercover. He did things he was not proud of. And... Um, yeah, essentially, he goes through a whole trial uh, in which, um, yeah, it's almost like a Star Wars-like scene where didn't Yoda have Luke? I don't know if you watch Star Wars, but like Yoda had Luke Skywalker fetch or like um, something in the swamp or something. The, 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 the X-Wing. Yeah, the X-Wing, yes. Luke has to use the force know. once he's ready to uh, lift mm-hmm. his ship up and then he can escape. Not yes. escape. And he can leave Dagobah. Right. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering because I, I... That was no. the Empire Strikes Back? Yes. Okay. No, it's a good, it's a good little... 
if the thing in the if the thing in the pond wasn't a drone, it was something more important. <laughs> There's so many angles. There's like a lady of the lake. It's like a, it's right. definitely a, it's definitely a motif, a, uh, arc, sure. an archetype thing, like a Campbell would talk about. Right. <laughs> yeah. A oh. guy tasks you with retrieving something mm-hmm. from a body of water. The water represents the subconscious. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, I like Kareem's backstory too. It didn't really explain the uh, explained his, uh, his ability with language. Uh, and uh, yeah, it really elevated him beyond like a cop or just normal detective. It's like, oh, he's FBI, and then he's you know it shows his moral fortitude to go. He just feels remorseful for the thing that did really really happen and still happens to this day. Right, the, the, um, uh, the honeypot techniques they do. Mm-hmm. I think famously there's a governor that was supposed to be kidnapped. But it was like reveal. I think the trial. I don't know if the trial was thrown out yet, or if they're like, like they're having a hard time even trying to persecute these guys because the, right. the lawyers had it revealed that like two of the people in the chat rooms talked eighty percent about the plan were uh, undercover agents. So it was like it was like it's just a normal chat room of guys like talking politics and whatever their beliefs were, or whatever, however wrong they were. They're just like dumb guys going, like, oh, we fucking hate this. And then two agents <laughs> were in there like planning this whole governor kidnapping murder thing. Like 80% of the way. <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah, it's like it's 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 you don't see that in a lot of media. Like like the acknowledgement mm-hmm. of that. We watched the in the late film episode. I still love the thing about that when we watched the uh, Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. And like how the main theor- theatrical release didn't have Superman destroy a drone. Right. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, like, it's like, no, there's definitely, there's like, there's, there's, there's definitely like a handshake between media and Hollywood with the uh, governmental bodies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting to see the OA, you know, really it's, it's really going in on tech oligarchs. I feel like it's going to, and now it feels like it's also going in on the state, which makes me ready for mm-hmm. the conspiracy plot. <laughs> I can't wait for it to be revealed. But yeah, I, 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 the scene really got, the scene so far really got cream over for me. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you on that end um, because I wasn't fully when I first started. I wasn't fully like ingratiated into his plot line. Because uh, I was, I mean, obviously, way more interested in what's going on with the OA. Yeah, the old characters. Mm-hmm. So it, it took a bit of time, but I, I always found him to be charming. So for sure, this is the scene. It's like, if you couldn't get with him, this should be the scene, right? And, you know, for all the ladies and gentlemen, uh, he, you know, he came out of the water with the shirtless. So, you know, that man, uh, yeah, he put in some work. <laughs> to get that drone. <laughs> Said he's not wearing a wire either, so um Dr. Rhodes had to be impressed by that one. And uh Yeah, I, I like the actor. Uh Kingsley Benadir. He's a very good actor and you know, hoping to see him do more 
work in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I believe he played Malcolm X in uh, One Night in Miami uh, a couple of years ago, actually. So he's getting up there. And um, yeah, in regards to uh, what you were just talking about, how they're going in on like the uh, tech Oakley arcs and, su- and such. Um, Britt and Zal did do a film called The East, which is about uh, eco-terrorism and how uh, Britt does play a character who she has to infiltrate um, these eco-terrorists. So I thought that was a very interesting film. Um, Yeah, they definitely, you can tell they definitely have a passion about all these issues for sure. A solid film. I like I like the East. Um, yeah, very very um, underrated, very inc- incredibly low budget uh, films features that they they worked on, and I think the OA was like that massive stepping stone for them, where they finally got the budget that they wanted and needed, and they were able to fulfill that and with these uh, two seasons. So, yeah. Um, so now, uh, that scene with Kareem and and Marla Rhodes, she, um, was convinced, right? After he got the, the drone for her and, um, basically she admitted that Pierre Ruskin hired her so that she can, um, essentially analyze the, the dreams, the dream logs that, um, were being recorded and um yeah kareem was wondering like well what it has to do with michelle and uh essentially um there was something going on in germany in the 1920s where um the these people were having dreams of the same dream and uh I think this might, honestly, Patrick, I, I think I've looked this up before. I do not recall, but I think this might have been um, a real thing, a real story. Uh, I, I should have looked this up. T- basically talking about um, the, the rivers in Berlin were running red with blood. Uh, they were like men in black. Um, and essentially this happened before like you know, Nazis, Nazism and all that. And, um, yeah, I could have sworn I read somewhere that that there are predictions of these things, these events that are happening and that end up being true. But I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong. I believe it. Was that, was it Nostradamus? He had some predictions too. Yeah. Or kind of, I think they've come kind of true. Although they're all vague and biblical in nature. Right. They're all vague. And I guess this is this whole idea that like people or possibly even strangers were having these dreams, the same dream. Um, yeah. I, it makes me more interested in, in, in wondering like, uh, you know, dreams, because we're talking about dreams. They could be like a, a pathway to the future, right? Or to another dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, this show is all about NDEs, dreams, uh, past lives, and such. 
to that um, to that to that non-tangible world that uh away calls a soul and hap says uh he stutters and goes like oh, consciousness mind whatever mm-hmm. right um yeah uh so essentially kareem um he is gaining uh more information from Rhodes and he asks her if she had anything to do with the game and she essentially quit Curie as soon as um children were being being involved, right? Mm-hmm. Which is oh man, this which is something that eventually would foreshadow what Hap is doing with his experiments. Right? Um because what he's doing in experiments involves a person that a kid, right? That we've seen in the first episode, the one who got brain damage from the fall, and we see would see him again later on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's definitely having some sort of uh, nefarious experiments going on again. Which I mean, come on, it's hot. So yeah, and the foreshadowing uh, doesn't uh. Marlo, she talked about the recent development before she left. The recurring dreams had was it the blue house, the mm-hmm. or the double staircase. Oh no, it was a cramped space. Which reminds me of the sewer, that book, the sewer. I haven't read the mm-hmm. book, but the title has like sewer in the name. So some of the dream images were like sewer, like someone in the sewer kind of. Has that feel? Does the the cramped tunnel? Uh. So the double staircase. Yes. And the uh The Rose left. Window. The Rose Window. Yes. And then when Rachel's trying to talk, it's uh mm. you know, there's the there's the kids. Wonder what kids those are. Right. <laughs> wonder what yes. kids wonder if there's a certain original five that may be kids currently. <laughs> uh a map. Uh I don't know, is it to the kids? Because I I think they know where the blue house is. The house, the houses, because I, I think, I think, uh, is it what's what's the tech gentleman's name? Pure Ruskin. 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 Doesn't Ruskin ask half about that on the phone? Hmm. It's like she, like asking like Nina didn't go to the house, did she? Right. Cause she yeah. discovered something possibly. Yeah, or is it even Nina? It, it could be Michelle. We don't know who she. I think in. yeah, I think he was asking about Nina finding out something about the house because remember the 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 conversation that he first had with her in the first episode, yeah, in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was saying, "I don't want you near that house again," or something along those lines. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah, wow, I love the connection that you made there because. Uh, and then the final yeah. item. Which we didn't get the answer to until Marlo tells us when she's holding the tulip. Mm-hmm. It's the rose. Yes. There's a map, the kids, the house, and the rose. And then we see Hap doing a disturbing experiment on Liam. Mm-hmm. Who's uh again his uh his paper, his the police report was made to disappear. Wonder if someone with money and influence did that. 
Right. Wonder. Allowing, yeah. <laughs> allowing Hap to do this weird experiment where, uh, like before when he was listening to the, uh, he was listening to the NDEs, I believe. Now right. He's like, now he's like literally like removing a part of something in their ear canal or brain near the ear canal. Yeah, because that was similar to what he was already doing in season one, right? He was like... Yeah, he's evolved. He's found like the part of the body that causes that connection to those noises. Mm-hmm. And now he's like doing experiments and like we see a little sprout, sprout. A little green sprout happens. I'm like, whoa! Is mm-hmm. There... You know, is the rose another thing? Hmm. Yeah. Uh... Is that the rose? It's not, it's not the stained glass on the house. It's not just the stained glass. It could be this mysterious new property that was briefly mm-hmm. introduced. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they mentioned that very clearly. Like, that was the, the one house, right, that Kareem went to that had all those things. I believe, and he said, I've been to that house. There's nothing there. And, and I believe she says, uh, well, then you have not actually like, really seen the house then, or like yeah. been in the house. Um, but it is a special house for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I like the quote that she mentioned. She said, if something from the waking world enters uh, a dream, it's natural. And if something from the dream enters the waking world, oh, it is unnatural. Mm-hmm. Which the tech guy has already been doing, by the way, mm-hmm. with the uh, the breakthroughs in market technology. He's able to he's able to pull from the dreams and create. That's where I'm confused. It's like was creating Uber and the other thing an issue, or is now he's creating yeah, like something? rideshare and yeah, yeah like uh, crypto. Yeah, use collective dreaming to uncover that. Which the real origin of crypto is way cooler, I think. Yeah, what was the real? What was the real origin? If I'm correct, I still, I don't believe they found the guy, but there's a guy who's like claiming to be the guy, but it's not. It's open interpretation. But if I'm correct, it was like on the dark web. There was like an anonymous, anonymous Japanese programmer, like on one of the like a programming form or something. He's like, oh, here's here's this algorithm. He was a fan of Metal Gear Solid too. His like profile picture was Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like here's like an algorithm that like has like it's like basically the foundation for how like there's like an anonymous crypto the anonymous like shared resource pool but like it's completely indecipherable so like oh mm-hmm. you, you get like the algorithm can prove that you own something that belongs to this pool of coins or money he wasn't even that specific it's like oh this algorithm can prove that you you belong or you own a prop part of it or you have access to this stuff but uh also it doesn't it's like it's not possible to show if you really own it from like an outside perspective like someone like trying to do like irs like audits and stuff like they can't look at all the numbers directly that happens Mm -hmm. later on when there's like servers and like all the the websites now where you create profiles they keep that data on record and then they act as like the middleman between the blockchain. But yeah, yeah it's like an anonymous guy who like showed up. He was on the forums for a while when he 
we dropped that and then he hung out a little bit and then when i got really big he just vanished went to obscurity mm. must have some favors done for him yeah or could have been killed could have been yeah it's up in the air could have just like i don't know it's all the hassle it's <laughs> caused like oh it's not worth it <laughs> um yeah i mean maybe he made a ton of money and just disappeared right that's i don't think he was on the money team though no i think it's just like like if he designed the mouse but then uh, bill gates patents it all that stuff that's happens mm-hmm. yeah it's like Someone, someone, someone creates the original or the foundation, and then like the companies can make the mass-produced version that makes money. Man, but yeah, that's a little aside. I'm like, oh, I love, I love the crypto, and I love how they <laughs> include that. And it's the thing of like, she should have had moral, she should have had moral quandaries with that stuff happening <laughs> before uh, whatever has entered the waking world from the dream world. Right. I hope it's like well, a little. I hope it's a literal angel. I hope there's like a winged angel somewhere. Yeah. Like discovered by the the OA in the party. Lucifer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. So essentially, Rhodes tells Kareem. Uh. Yeah, people are lured to the house to prepare them for whatever the heck. Um, it is. Uh, it was incredibly vague. Um, but Ruskin doesn't know. That's why he created this game. And um, yeah, I totally miss this detail. But uh, yeah, Kareem prints out these images. Right, it's called the Dream. They dreamed of Blood Rivers and Nina. Um, he was the one who, I guess, she wrote the precog Nazi dream thesis. And there's yeah, the silhouettes like on there. Yeah. yeah. I like that subtle. It's all oh, Russian artist did a book on it. Mm hmm. It's like, hmm. Yeah. And he gets more information from Mo. And when she tells him that Nina Azarova owns that house. Um, she's, she's locked up. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to make another trip. <laughs> and yep, essentially. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, where do we go to? So now we have um, Happen Rachel. Yes. Doing um, basically what they usually do, apparently, is um, yeah, they she helps him with his experiments, she's basically just uh, his little helper. Mm -hmm. And we see the uh, or the bud, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think, oh. Yeah, there's a quote from Liam in the first episode, Thank You Meta Witches, where he says, I can see them, I can hear them. 47 selves don't stare at the staircase. Interesting. I, I did remember him saying that line. And, of course, 
has some kind of significance to it, the, especially the number 47. So we're going to have to keep that in the back of our minds for now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's very um, disgusting what Hap is doing. He's experimenting on these um, children. And um, yeah, whatever thing he pulls out of Liam's ear, it grows. And um, Rachel, basically after um, meeting or reuniting with OA, she um, now is probably thinking that she needs to do something about the room that uh, Hap has locked. And she goes in there and she doesn't like what she sees and she attacks Hap. She stabs him, thankfully, but does not kill him, unfortunately. Is that the thing pulled from the dream world to the waking world? Or mm. is, it, is it like a... I don't know. I was like, is, is, is that the red rose? No, she wouldn't have seen it. Though. Mm. Yeah, but like, yeah. He takes the he takes the little seedling. Doesn't he take that into the back room? And then he um... I think so. Yeah, because yeah, because he he opens it right, but he leaves it unlocked. Yeah, because he knows she doesn't want to go in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Then, they fight. Rachel. Um, it's a good basically. Stabbing. Yeah, she stabs him. She bangs her head. And what we assume is her dying right before our eyes, or she looks like she had died. She will not. She will not be singing, unfortunately. Yes, she will not be singing. We will not hear her beautiful angelic voice. And then this wonderful sequence. We get an incredibly long take. This winner that closes in on her her eyeball, and we see all these sparks. This like incredible imagery. It's really dark. Transitions back to Presswood. Back to. Our original dimension from season one. The excitement. The excitement I had. Yeah. 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 That's like a. I was pretty surprised by how excited I was. (laughs) I was like, oh, I was was like, oh, it's the. I was like, oh, it's, you know, we're back here. But like, as as the the camera kept going slow and then went in the open door, I was, uh, yeah. I was really having a good time. <laughs> like yeah, something about the door being open and then the camera finally going through. I had like the payoff that I felt like I was waiting for from season one with the door stuff. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was just very excited. And then, yeah. Uh, we don't know what it is. I mean, it's a spirit. Maybe it's a ghost. Whatever it is, it goes into the right. house. Not the stairs. Well, whatever it is is connected um, through Rachel and through Buck, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And we know that from season one, there has been a connection between those two because um, we've seen Buck riding his bike and mm-hmm. seeing essentially the the car crash, the car accident, right? Mm-hmm. That Rachel um, got into. So. 
yeah, these two are somehow connected. And whatever this spirit or soul or whichever thing came through in that dimension is now, um, yeah, uh, embedded into this uh, mirror, it seems like. Um, and that is the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I know this has been a doozy of an episode, a bit longer than usual. Um, Patrick, what? Yeah, you already kind of uh, mentioned how you felt. You had some excitement. Uh, yeah, speak more about that. And do you have any theories on what will happen here and in the next episode? Uh, I want to say the five will definitely be brought in somehow. And uh, I'm still pretty in the dark. I know Kareem. Kareem has to meet away. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know if that'll even happen next episode, but I think for sure we're going to see the uh, Michigan Five. Because they're due. And that, that ending tease with Buck. Pretty clear. That we're uh, we're going back to Michigan. I, I'm very curious about the time. So I saw the houses for sale. Or was yeah, sold? houses mm-hmm. for sale or sold. So I'm wondering, is like because they have boxes in the background and the sign says in escrow. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I'm wondering uh, how much time has passed in mm-hmm. uh, Michigan. Has it been two days since the season one finale? Or has it been, you know, is time different? Has it been a month, two months? Uh, right. They, I don't know. There's there's still five of them. So they can still... Uh, they can still jump dimensions. Uh, I don't know if BBA even left. Right. You think she left? I don't know. Did is that the road trip from that little trailer I saw? <laughs> oh no! That little poster. I saw more. Is that is the road trip to go in to find her, or is the road trip gonna be? Do they? Is it gonna be like the stand, where they hop they hop into the other dimension, but they're like in different parts of the world? Mm. Correctional camp. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, but Buck is a shell in that dimension, and we don't know where she's at currently already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know about uh, French, right? And then there's uh, French, there's Steve, Steve there's Jesse. Jesse, yeah. See, uh, have you read? Have you read the stand? I have not, but uh, Stephen King novel. Yeah. I, yeah, a big part of that I really like, especially when I read it and like I forget I was like junior high maybe. Was uh the the plot point happens, but then all the characters who have dreams about going to a certain place in the US, they have to get there in like a post apocalypse. Mm. So yeah, it's like a really I have that I have that feeling. I have that feeling <laughs> with that spoiler of like the open road poster and the characters that are now in this this season. I'm like, oh, there's 
you know, they, they got to go somewhere. They're, they're going to be traveling. Is, is Rachel going to somehow tell Buck that they need to travel? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I uh, aside from the five being there and maybe Kareem meeting Hap or trying to, you know, get into the ward. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what else is in store for us. I'm still waiting for, let me Google her name again. Irene, I want to say is her last name. Irene Jacob. Irene Jacob. I'm still, I'm still yes. very excited for Irene Jacob to show up. Uh, yes. I hope she's a likable character on the good side. <laughs> I, I hope she's one of the five. Um, I'm excited for you to eventually, uh, yeah, uh, get there. And we will see. Um, yeah, I love it. I'm loving your your predictions and um, yeah, and how excited you are for next episode because uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love the the foreshadowing and what and what they're hinting at uh, for the uh, foreseeable. Uh, I guess episodes that are coming up. I know we only have six left, but we'll make it. We'll make it. We'll make them last, and um, yeah, we will see. Uh, poor Rachel is gone, but not for good. I- I'm sure. And um, yeah, that is it for uh, our episode. Um, Wait, last. Last prediction. Yes. Oh, yes. Last prediction. Irene Jacob is the literal angel that they brought into that world that we're currently in in this season. Mm. You think she is the the unnatural? Yes. I am very hopeful it's her because you wouldn't bring in you wouldn't bring in a a cinematic legend like that for a small. Right. It's that or she's maybe the tech oligarch. Hmm. Have they been gendered? Okay. Has the tech oligarch been gendered? Uh, I don't know. But we do know um, Pierre Ruskin is a huge part of that. And yeah, I don't think anyone else yeah, has been named. We, yeah, we see him obscured. They have brown hair and they yell. But I'm trying to remember how good I remember them yelling through the glass. Right. But yeah. That's, um, that was, no, she's the thing, though, for real. That's my real guess. <laughs> that's your guess. All right. Yes. She is the, uh, the, angel. the unnatural. Or yes. The unnatural angel. The angel. All right. Maybe we'll get more angels in the future be beyond uh, OA and our beloved angels. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, things are going to get way more interesting, at least to me. Uh, in the future episodes and uh, I can't wait for us to talk about uh, the next episode Um, so this is it for now Uh, part 2 chapter 2 Treasure Island and yes next you will see us in uh, chapter 3's Magic Mirror so again thank you everyone for listening we're glad to be back I cannot wait um, to see if Patrick's theories will come true. 
and yeah, cannot wait. Sh- they should start getting shorter, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the episode length. The episode length of both theirs and ours, because this is over two hours, I believe now. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Um. Yes, we will be getting. Uh, we will try to up the pace and have the episodes come a little shorter, but. For the important ones, for sure, we'll have lots to talk about. So, yes, um, as uh, Patrick is our our editor, our engineer, let's uh, give him less work <laughs> to work with. Uh, besides coming up with all these uh, crazy and maybe uh, accurate theories. So, <laughs> so yeah. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Instagram at Layfilm Podcast. Uh, email us at layfilmpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions for us, certainly either, um, yeah, met, uh, email our Layfilm email and make sure in the subject line if you have spoilers and if you are referencing either me, Richie, or Patrick, definitely put that in the subject line. So, yeah. Cannot wait for next time and that'll be it for now sodium pentothal paralysis sets in after 11 minutes the heart stops in 13 to 15 you've killed that it's over for all of us either we do the movements we travel to another dimension together or we die here in this field together it's up to you side.